0: And on this week's show, we look ahead to the 2020 African Nations Championship, the Chan, which runs from this Saturday up to the 7th of next month in Cameroon. We hear from Cameroon where all is ready with the facilities, but there's a lack of optimism that the national team can deliver. We also speak to Zambia coach Micho, who's hoping that the tournament can bring better times for the Chipolo Polo. And we need to prove and to inject new good hope into the Zambian football. So who might win this tournament? It's always difficult to predict. We'll get either's thoughts on this one. And in the English Premier League, it's Liverpool against Manchester United on Sunday, with United extending their lead at the top if they win. But uh, first, sad news that uh, Ivory Coast and Cardiff City defender Sol Bamba is being treated for cancer. The 35-year-old Bamba's been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and is undergoing chemotherapy. Bamba joined Cardiff back in 2016. He's hugely popular with the fans and with his teammates. And in a statement, Cardiff said that during treatment, Sol will support his teammates at matches and younger players within the academy with whom he'll continue his coaching development. And we here certainly wish a Sol Bamba all the best and a full recovery. And with the January transfer window open, South Africa's Percy Tao has become the newest African player in the English Premier League with Brighton, featuring in the Seagulls' FA Cup tie against Newport County last Sunday, and then against Man City in the Premier League on Wednesday. 26-year-old Tao joined Brighton two and a half years ago, but has only just got himself a work permit to play in England. Now, Tao won the 2016 CAF Champions League with South African club Mamelodi Sundowns. He was signed by Brighton in 2018, but then loaned to three different clubs in Belgium. Firstly, Royal Union saint gilloise in the B League. He was too good at that level and won the Player of the Season award. Then Tau moved to Club Rouge, helping them to win the title and playing in the Champions League. Then went to Anderlecht and uh, scored four goals in 15 games this season for them before moving to Brighton. Well, the Seagulls explained that the club has received a governing body endorsement to uh, this, the new points-based system for non-English players, which came into force last week uh, following the UK's exit from the European Union, the Brexit. So we'll see how Percy Tau does in the English Premier League with Brighton. He's very highly regarded in this part of Africa after his time with Sundowns in South Africa. Right now to the Chan, the 2020 African Nations Championship, which runs from this Saturday up to the 7th of next month in Cameroon. This is the sixth edition of the tournament. It was introduced in 2009 and is a continental championship, but unlike the Africa Cup of Nations, this is for home base players only. This makes it very difficult to predict and it means that while countries like Cameroon, Mali and Burkina Faso would go to the Nations Cup with squads of players who are based in Europe, for the Chan they can only use their home base players. So Cameroon are hosting the tournament which should have been played last April but was postponed because of Covid-19 and the virus has interfered with preparations for most teams as their domestic leagues were either delayed or called off, and Namibia and Zimbabwe both lost many days of training because of positive COVID-19 tests in camp. Well, the last edition was back in 2018, and Morocco hosted and won, and the player of the tournament, Ayub Kabi of Morocco, had a big move to China after the tournament. DR Congo have two titles. There's one for Morocco, Tunisia and Libya. And the DRC have qualified again. Along with Zimbabwe, they have qualified five times. Now, teams that didn't make it this time include Nigeria, Senegal and Ghana. And Egypt don't participate in the Chan as they feel they'd be too strong with so many good home-based players. With this update from Cameroon, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's and Eno.
1: Popular fervor is at its apex in Yaoundé, the curtain raiser of the African Nations Football Championship at the Amadou Ahija Stadium. The tournament, Africa's second pinnacle nation's jamboree, is bringing together 15 teams and host Cameroon. And unlike several major sports gatherings worldwide, staged without fans, the Shan will unfold before the eyes of thousands of diehards. The Confederation of African Football, CAF, has endorsed the local organizing committee's quest for fans, authorizing stadiums to receive up to 25% of its capacity during the first huddle of the competition. But this can only be possible if the measures against COVID-19 are respected, as the tournament manager, Michel Disakembarga, explains. We are eager to deliver a good show. CAF gave us firm instruction that we have 25% as intake as far as spectators are concerned, but it is conditional. If the spectators behave poorly, then we'll move from 25% to 0%. It therefore means that we need to respect the sensation measures. We need to put on our mask. All those who will not have their mask will be allowed to enter the stadium. And the ticket will be sold so many days before. It is conditional. 25% if we behave and we respect all the social given by Cap and FIFA, 50% for the semis and final, 25% will we behave poorly, then we come down to 0%. So the matches will be played without any spectator. The fans themselves have been exhibiting great verve towards the competition. But the positivity witnessed in their chance is in stark contrast with cameron's gear up to the shan the intermediate lions as cameron's team is referred to fluffed their lines in the four nation tournament picking up a point in a draw and losing two games the sides coach martin tungumpile though perplexed by his sights showing has stayed positive ahead of cameron's curtain raiser against zimbabwe it was not uh, very good uh, performance but now we are still working with the team in order to make sure that we are going to have a good result during the competition. Tactically, I want to make sure that the boys are ready. I want the public to be patient. We are working on the team. We are going to have a good tournament. You know, in football, you cannot say before the competition that uh, we are going to lose the competition. All the teams are ready. Uh, all the teams want to win the competition. So I think that with this group, it's possible for Kamonian to go ahead and have a smile at the end. I want myself to win this competition. Unlike Cameroon, the Chipolopolos of Zambia have had a decent build-up to the Shan, securing a win and a draw in three outings. Chipolopolos head coach Micho Sredojevic is happy his side has taken shape. I believe we had three very good matches, leading in first match against Niger 3-1 and then in from set pieces against the run-of-play conceding two goals against Uganda and hitting uh, the post three times. And I believe players have accepted the chemistry. For us, we don't think nothing beyond our first match against Tanzania with the highest degree of respect, Guinea and Namibia. After that, we shall think about that. And we need to prove and to inject new good hope into the the Cranes of Uganda will be tussling against defending champions Morocco, Rwanda and newcomer Stogo in Group C. In their last four outings at the Shan, the Cranes have never made it out of the group stages, but head coach John McInstree, who guided Rwanda to a quarterfinal spot four years ago, It's out to change that narrative.
0: We always had great belief in our players' abilities, and we left some guys at home who were good players, but who we felt didn't fit into the picture we were... Painting for this team. And we felt these guys came together very well. And back in March, when we were preparing for the original Chan, we were very confident. It was just whether we could get the conditioning right for the tournament. Chan is a tournament that naturally we want to do well within the tournament as a team. We always want to win. And like I've said before, why not us? Why? We've seen, you know, Libya win the tournament before. We've seen DR Congo be successful a couple of times. Why can that not be Uganda? And I don't really see any reason why not if we perform to our top levels. We believe we can take that next step. We've got a really competitive squad. We don't have a star player in the team, but for us, we can take players out of the lineup, and there's equally good and
1: competitive replacements to come in. With several nations eyeing the coveted trophy, the African Nations Football Championship promises to produce fireworks.
0: Yes, it should. That's Planet Sport Football Africa's Eno in Yaoundé in Cameroon. Uh, so first of all, Ida, do you have any COVID-19 reservations about this tournament going ahead? This is the biggest football event staged in Africa by far since the start of the pandemic.
2: Well, Steve, you know, reservations will be there, but as we keep saying, uh, at this point, I think it's just more about learning to live with the virus, you know, than anything else. And some concerns as well about some of the separatist violence um, that is in the west of Cameroon. Possibly affecting the tournament, though, you know, the government has come out, deployed troops in various areas to try and curb that. And, of course, has reassured both, you know, players and fans alike of their safety. Don't forget that we saw the 2016 Africa Women's Cup of Nations happen against a very similar backdrop. It went smoothly. So, you know, of course, we are hoping for the best on this one. But look, back to the football It will be interesting, Steve, to see how the local organizing committee handles the Four Nations warm-up event, you know, to give some level of indication ahead of the chant. Of course, we are talking about 16 teams for the main event, so, you know, that's up to four times. But some concessions from CAF ahead of the showpiece, Steve, they will allow up to 25% capacity attendance during the group games, and that is set to rise up to 50%. That will be during the semi and the final as well. Of course, you know, this is based on strict following of the COVID-19 rules. You know, we're talking, practicing social distancing, you know, the fans wearing their masks, sanitizing. Though whether that will truly be in force will be another thing entirely. Steve, a new rule as well, up to four substitutions can be made, uh, but that will Only be in the case of extra time. So of course, you know, this will only be in place during the elimination stages. Plus, overall, I think this is a great opportunity for Cameroon, you know, to get to host Chan in 2021, ahead of hosting the Afghan in 2022, Steve must be huge, gives them an opportunity to show what they can do, you know, and of course, in one way or another, hit two birds with one stone, at least uh, from an infrastructural standpoint. So it must be for them, at least some form of blessing in disguise, you know, that Ethiopia weren't able to host this and that it went on to the west africans steve
0: yes and either we still have many skeptics who say that this tournament doesn't really serve much purpose uh, being for home-based players only we have now reached the sixth edition though so are you a fan of the chan
2: um let me put it this way steve I'm a fan of football, you know, and the chant had and I believe still has relevance within the context of African football. Whether it's been developed to move with the times is another thing entirely, you know. But look, the, the main idea behind the African Nations Championship was to turn the focus on players who ply their trade locally. And if you ask me, the concept was brilliant, you know, and hopefully in the process, the the aim was to strengthen national leagues, you know, because for so long and even in recent times, the focus has predominantly been on African players abroad. So yes, the idea was great, but the end product, Steve, and especially in the last few editions has been less than convincing, at least for me. It's a general sentiment, you know, that some of the African giants don't really take the tournament too seriously. And, you know, as you said there, you know, the likes of Nigeria, Senegal, Ghana, Egypt, even Tunisia, won't feature in this 2021 edition. So it begs the question, is the tournament as competitive as it can possibly be? To me, of course not. Absolutely not. But Steve, does it still provide a chance to the players participating to make something of that opportunity? Absolutely
0: Yes, and uh, this one is so hard to predict, but uh, who do you see as the big teams at the tournament this time, Ida?
2: You know, with so many big African teams missing, it gives the chance for an underdog to go pretty far, I would imagine. I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting experience, Steve. And especially considering that, you know, fitness levels are a major challenge, you know, with so many leagues across Africa having not been active courtesy of the pandemic. So naturally, some of the teams have tried packing in pre-tournament games. I mean, we've just come from talking about that 4 nations pre competition and we'll wait to see whether this will give an edge. As for the big teams, well, Morocco come into this as defending champions. But look, I'm sure Cameroon will want to borrow a leaf steve from the North Africans and, you know, try and win the title at home. We know that Cameroon, of course, has a huge football history and huge fandom as well. Uh, Uganda is, uh, pretty interesting because their football has really come into fruition over the last few years. But interestingly enough, the cranes have never progressed. progressed ...progressed past the group stage of this competition. And I'm sure that that will be top of their mind. So, Steve, all in all, it will definitely be all to play for.
0: Yes, very unpredictable is the Chan uh, for me. Uh, DR Congo would have to be in with a big chance of winning it again. Uh, Morocco also among the big guns for me. And uh, the host Cameroon, as much as there are doubts about uh, how well prepared their team is, home advantage always a big, big factor in these tournaments. So three cities will host the competitions, four stadiums altogether. In Yaoundé, there's Group A with the 40,000-seater Amadou Ahijo Stadium. Uh, groups B and C being played in Douala. That's at the 40,000-seater Bepanda Stadium. And the newly constructed 50,000-seater Chapoma Stadium. While Limbe has one group, that's Group D, with the 20,000-seater Sport Stadium. Uh, so in Group A, there's Cameroon, Mali, Burkina Faso and Zimbabwe. Uh, group B B has two-time former champions DR Congo and Libya, also former champions. In that group two are Niger and Congo-Brazzaville. Group C has Morocco, Rwanda, Togo and Uganda. And in group D it's Zambia, Guinea, Namibia and Tanzania. Uh, Well, for me, pretty much anything could happen. As I say, I think maybe the DRC might take it, but uh, very difficult to predict. So asking for your thoughts on social media this week, who do you think will win the Chan uh, as it runs for the next three weeks in Cameroon? This continental championship for home-based players only. The DRC have two titles. They've qualified for a record fifth time along with Zimbabwe. Who do you think might take it? You can uh, send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three. Two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or you can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there. Who do you think might win the Chan? It'll be great to hear from you. Give us your reasons too when you post. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, Stuart looking back at the surprises in the FA Cup last weekend in England. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. Our website is PlanetSport.tv and there are pictures and profiles of all of us in the team in the About Us section on our website. That's planetsport.tv. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Right to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK now and Liverpool-Manchester United on Sunday is the highlight in the Premier League this weekend with Manchester United fans in Dreamland on top of the table. A goal by
3: Paul Pogba gave Manchester United a 1-0 win at Burnley and takes them three points clear of Liverpool at the top of the table. And it's amazing, as you say, setting up Sunday's Liverpool-Manchester United game at Anfield. And what a turnaround for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's team, which lost three of their first four home league games, including that 6-1 defeat to Tottenham, and were eliminated from the Champions League. And now they're top of the table. Also unbeaten in the league since the 1st of November, having won their last four games. And ironically, their following weekend, after playing Liverpool in the league, Manchester United are at home to Liverpool in the FA Cup, so playing them twice uh, in eight days, amazing. Now, Manchester City struggled to beat Brighton 1-0, but are now third in the league table, just four points behind Manchester United, but with a game in hand. So the title race is really hotting up at the moment.
0: Yes, Manchester City's steady rise is looking ominous now. I'd say they're in with a big, big chance of taking the title. And as Stuart, last weekend's FA Cup games gave us lots of entertainment. Well, you know, when I was growing up, Steve, the
3: FA Cup final was the highlight of the year. For one thing, the Cup final was probably the only game you saw on live television, but how things have changed during my lifetime. And as we've said many times, the FA Cup has lost some of its value, with many of the top clubs choosing to rest their best players uh, to concentrate on the league and the Champions League. But last weekend, we saw the third round of the Cup, that fascinating, magical round in which 20 clubs from lower divisions join the competition along with the Championship and Premier League clubs who come in at that point. And in a way, the COVID crisis, forcing all 32 ties to be settled on the day, made it more interesting, albeit with no spectators. The two big shocks were Leeds United losing 3-0 to Crawley Town, of League Two, and West Bromwich Albion losing to Blackpool, of League One, on penalties. But to be fair to Blackpool, they led twice in normal time. Two other Premier League clubs survived, but only just. Burnley beat MK Dons, on penalties, but Burnley were behind for an hour, equalising only in the fourth minute of stoppage time to take the game to extra time and penalties. And Brighton needed penalties to beat Newport, Brighton won 4-3, but only after goalkeeper Jason Steele had saved no less than four penalties. Teams rotating their squad and resting players also gave opportunities for younger players. Think about the day that Alfie Devine had, he's just 16, found himself playing for Tottenham alongside Gareth Bale, and he scored. Divine intervention, perhaps. Similarly, Louis Barry, just 17, playing for Aston Villa and scoring against Liverpool, a day he'll never forget. And it was an incredible and unforgettable and strange day for Emil Smith Rowe, who is 20 and he scored for Arsenal after receiving a red card. Yes, he was red carded for a tackle, which the referee then overturned after Var recommended that he rewatch the incident on the pitchside monitor. Smithrow made good use of his reprieve, scoring Arsenal's first goal as he beat Newcastle 2-0. And another player who was delighted to score was Chelsea's Timo Werner. His last goal for Chelsea was 827 minutes ago. It's interesting to compare how clubs approach the FA Cup. Now Leicester City, for example, fielded virtually their strongest team, while Manchester United made nine changes from the previous game. United's 1-0 win over Watford was particularly disappointing, I imagine, for their Nigerian, Odin Egallo. Despite United leaving out nine first-choice players and using four subs, Egallo sat on the bench, unused, for 90 minutes. Finally, The romance of the Cup is not just about the opportunity for the two semi-professional clubs to play against top teams, but also about the money it generates. Chorley of the National League North beat Wayne Rooney's Derby County and will be at home to Wolves in the next round. From TV and prize money, Chorley made close to $700,000 from the tie. And incidentally, Chorley put heaters on the pitch overnight to stop it freezing and the committed groundsman slept on the pitch to make sure everything was okay. Marine are nine tiers below their opponent's last weekend, Tottenham Hotspur, and they made a similar sum from TV and uh, prize money. But Marine also had the ingenious idea of selling tickets for the game Selling tickets to people who couldn't come, but who could watch it on television. An ingenious idea, and they sold
0: 30,000 of
3: them. So a great help to the club finances.
0: Amazing support for those minnows, Marine, who are based near Liverpool as they lost to Tottenham. And Stuart, you've been reading about the dangers of heading. This is a topic that much has been said about over the last couple of years.
3: Yes, the sad news that Manchester United and England legend Bobby Charlton is suffering from dementia has given impetus to concern about the effect of continually heading a football. In fact, several of the England 1966 World Cup winning teams have suffered dementia. And as well as that, there was a recent legal action taken by a number of former rugby players suing the authorities and holding them responsible for the repeated concussions that they received while playing rugby, which in some cases led to permanent brain damage and dementia. We commented a few weeks ago on David Louise receiving a severe head injury playing for Arsenal, but then being allowed to play on for the rest of the game. But now some interesting data has become available. Just taking one weekend in this season, it was counted that in the 10 Premier League games, 822 headers took place, up to 200 in some games. And the Burnley central defender Ben Mee headed the ball 16 times. Now, that's 16 times in one game, and he must play 40 to 50 games in the season and, of course, in training. It seems reasonable to think that Me's total number of headers must be well over a 1,000. USA introduced a ban in heading in children's football in 2015, and we understand that the FA is looking at banning or in some way reducing headers in football in England at all levels. One might say this is to protect players, but also perhaps to protect the FA from the kind of lawsuits we're beginning to see in other sports.
0: Well, it's getting really serious, uh, this issue of heading. And we were talking earlier about the Chan finals in Cameroon and how hopefully the games won't be affected by COVID-19. And it's been more and more of an issue of late in the English Premier League, Stuart.
3: Well, COVID is getting worse in England with already 80,000 deaths and more people in hospital than ever. And this is affecting the Premier League, along with uh, everything else in the country. And we've already seen games postponed. And last weekend for the FA Cup tie, Aston Villa chose a team entirely from their under-21 and under-18 squads, as the entire first team squad was self-isolating. Premier League rules say that if you have 14 fit players available, you must play the game. But then, of course, there's concern about fit players who are self-isolating, so it's complicated. And if COVID numbers continue to rise, it is possible that the government will close down professional sport. And that there has been criticism of Premier League players continuing to hug when goals are scored and shake hands at the end of games, both in breach of social distancing regulations. That certainly has not helped. It remains a difficult and uncertain time for football. Now, last weekend, and we've talked about this before, Steve, Arsenal's Gabriel Martinelli got injured in the warm-up. And incredibly, in the last 13 months, he's the fifth Arsenal player to injure himself in warm-up and have to pull out of the game. What on earth do Arsenal do during the warm-up? Sheffield United had a good week. They followed a win over Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup with their first Premier League win of the season at home to Newcastle United. Let's hope Sheffield United can build on this. Now, Steve, I've been looking at some of the big money transfers, and, you know, big money doesn't always guarantee success in the Premier League. Take three players who cost around $95 million. Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal. He has only had five starts this season. Or Kepa, the Chelsea goalkeeper, he has not played since they signed Edouard Mondi the Senegalese keeper and a Chelsea team met Kai Havertz scored 29 league goals in his last two seasons in Germany but all this season he's only managed one goal and is not currently in the starting lineup so it can be difficult to adjust to the Premier League. Finally Steve in 2012 Sean Dash left Watford to become manager of Burnley. In the eight years since that Dash is still manager of Burnley But Watford have had 12 different managers during those eight
0: years. What a strange and different way to run a football club. Indeed, a lack of stability at Watford while Burnley are still there in the Premier League. Watford now in the Championship. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show for this week. Our question again on social media. Who do you think is going to win the Chan, the African Nations Championship in Cameroon? It is a tough one to forecast, but give us your thoughts on social media. You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus 447955232780. That's plus four, four, seven, nine, double, five, two, three, two, seven, eight, zero. Who do you think will win the Chan? Who are the main contenders? And uh, do give us your reasons there. Well, from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.